It's Tuesday. That's right. We're going to do that Tuesday this week, unlike last week we did Wednesday, but it's Acre Pro Farm Group Buy Sell. Uh, my, my chance to talk some football with Tom Dean Hurt, which I always enjoy, but I uh, want to thank our good friends at Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group when it comes to land sales. It pays to have experts in your corner, like Tom Deanhart. That's a good thing for me. But with decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're buying, uh, whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local Acre Pro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. So visit AcrePro.com or call 765-775-6502. Kyle Spray is the guy you want to call. And Kyle will be on the sidelines because Purdue is returning home before after a four-week hiatus. He, he's a part of the... He's not actually on the chain gang, I don't think, but he is. Uh, he's one of the guys that writes down, manually writes down all the plays so that if they have a complete meltdown electronically, they can go mm -hmm. back and figure out where stuff is. And Kyle's a good guy to do that. That's why you ought to think about acrepro.com if you're in the in the business of uh, farmland sales. All right, Mr. Dean Hart. Uh, yes, the Boilermakers are in a, are in a funk right now. It has a lot to do with who they've been playing. Maybe that's true. Certainly, the Michigan Wolverines prove that uh, in their forty the Wolverines forty one thirteen win over Purdue. But buy sell is, uh, you know, it's the question we kind of go through every week. But I think we're going to looking looking back now down the gauntlet of the next three games. I looked at the Michigan game, watching it on television that uh, this was a there were some good things there were some things that got me to believe that this isn't a lost cause but i'm going to have you measure that whether you think it is two out of three can they win are you buying that they will win two out of three down the stretch yeah i i think um that's that's very doable against these opponents alan we've got of course minnesota at home at northwestern then indiana at home but you know, real quick, back to that Michigan game. It sounds funny to talk about silver linings from a 41 to 13 yeah, loss, no but but <laughs> I think there were some things to take away on a positive nature. And Ryan Walters talked about some of those on Monday as well. Um, the, the defense continues to play pretty well. Of course, Kydron Jenkins and Nick Scorton. Right. Um, they didn't miss a beat last week going against an elite foe in Michigan in a very hostile environment. Held Michigan to, I think, 110 yards rushing down, the lowest total, I believe, in two years. And um, offensively, right, 13 points. I know that one touchdown came very late, but still counts, right? That's the most points Michigan, and he has yielded all season. So, And, again, this is a very compromised Purdue roster right now, especially on offense up front with the offensive line, the two tackle spots. And then the wide receiving core, Allen, I mean, let's be honest, man. There is just nothing there. And uh, to squeeze out 13 points against that defense, probably the best in America in that environment, was impressive. So, yeah, here, here we are, Alan, two and seven. Bowl game's out the window. But you still want to finish with uh, with a positive taste in your mouth if you're Purdue. And these are all probably toss-up games. And, yeah, I mean, to think uh, I'm definitely buying the notion Purdue can win at least two of these three. They could sweep them all, Alan, but I got some bad news for you, too. It could lose them all as well, obviously. Yeah. And uh, the all three of those, all three of those teams, have, have have had their moments this year for sure. I wanted to ask, and this isn't a buy sell question. Mershawn Rice gets the biggest play, one of the biggest plays against Michigan's pass defense all year, mm -hmm. um, if my numbers are right. 
Now, admittedly, the Wolverines haven't played anybody yet. That's another another issue. But <laughs> um, still, what an amazingly, you know, here's a guy, and now he's out for the year. Okay, you, yeah. remember, you've covered a lot of college football. This is a guy that's got snake bit. And I don't really know what kind of kid Marshawn Rice is. Yeah. I'm, he's worked hard to try to get back on the field. He gets back on the field and gets hurt. Now he's out for the year. Wasn't that crazy? Yeah, it was. Like a 43-yard catch. And, of course, like you said, he got hurt. And what a summation, a one-place summation of Mershon Rice's career. I think he was a four-star recruit from Roundsburg, yeah, Ohio. Always filled with potential. He looked the part getting off the bus, six foot two, you know, 200-pound wide receiver, and uh, has never seemingly stayed healthy for any appreciable length of time, has just flashed here or there. And that was maybe the ultimate flash last Saturday night in Ann Arbor with that, that catch that you talked about, the, what the longest reception against Michigan's defense this year. And, and then he's out. And then he's out. Yeah, he's out. He, he, he came and he left as, as soon as he showed up. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, Abdur Rahman Yashin, another wide receiver filled with potential, can never stay healthy. Sounds like he could miss, uh, I think, a fourth game in a row here as well. Again, at this wide receiving core. And then, of course, he lost the kid. In the preseason, the Florida Atlantic transfer, Jamali Dryan, supposed to be their best wideout this year. So, and then don't forget about this too, Al. Brock Thompson was supposed to be playing this year, remember? Yeah. And that would have made, made a difference, I think. Yeah, if you had Brock Thompson, the Florida Atlantic kid, I mean, that would have made a whale of a difference. So, you know, I know Hudson Carter takes a lot of criticism, but he doesn't have many really top flight wideouts to throw to, and that offensive line is patchwork at best. Well, you just watched the game again on TV. I thought, as I said, we talked offline, Todd Blackledge, who I thought was pretty instructive. You know, wasn't overly negative. He just said, you know, he's got some happy feet. Uh, there are times when he he leaves the pocket too fast. But I can understand why. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it makes true. perfect sense. So, and again, we're not railing on Purdue's offensive line. It's just the reality of a pat. Any line where you got to put one of the best centers in the Big Ten out to tackle and back to center – just to make it work, uh, makes it really hard. You know, makes it really, really hard. So that that part I think is, is is something that you just have to be able to have to be able to fix if you're if you're Purdue. And um, yeah, we'll we'll do a, a a buy or sell of how many offensive linemen they'll take in the portal, uh, guys that can patch it. But we'll do that down the road. All right, uh, you look at. Um, Minnesota coming to town, PJ Fleck, always interesting. The, the Golden Gophers uh, have got a defense that has been good. Hudson Card has yet to throw, has not thrown for over 200 yards in the last three games, which mm -hmm. I, I haven't done my research about when that has happened to a Purdue quarterback, let alone Hudson. Uh, will they get to, will they get to over 200 this weekend against uh, a good defense in Minnesota yeah. and Minnesota's got one of the better, better, uh, Pretty decent secondary for the, for the most yeah. part. You know what? What do you see there? Yeah, they, I talked to uh, I talked to the vote, the voice of the Golden Gophers this week, Mike Grimm. Yeah, uh, a guy I know for a long time. Worked at KMOX in St. Louis, and yeah, Mike says they got they got their secondary. They got a safety named Tyler Newland. Yeah, he thinks they're all Big Ten. A real good cornerback and Justin Wally. So they'll they'll be hard pressed. The defensive coordinator there, Joe Rossi, does a good job. And yeah, three games in a row with a, less than 200 yards passing for for uh, for Hudson Carter it almost seems 
incomprehensible a Purdue quarterback could go that long without having a 200-yard passing game. He only has one 300-yard passing game this year, Alan. I believe that was against Syracuse. So you got to go way back to find that. And uh, but you know what? I haven't said all those those less than glowing things about the aerial game. I, I'm I'm going to buy the notion that the card is going to throw for over 200 yards. I think maybe Purdue gets some balance. They can run the ball a little bit. And I think that could create some 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 openings and loosen up that Minnesota defense where Card can finally crest the 200-yard passing mark. You remember last year and what was a big, big win for, for Jeff Brom and company really kind of turned things around in some ways. Uh, Devin Mockaby had the big run that uh, kind of set up that last touchdown and gave yeah. enough of a enough of a cushion to get that uh, win in and their first win in TCF Bank Stadium, right? So yes. is it still called TCF Bank? Yes, I think it is. But uh, weather's supposed to be good on Saturday. Uh, we're talking about that at 51 degrees, uh, sunny at least at this point in time, at least according to my phone. But I had another one. I'm going to switch gears back for you, Tom. Put yourself in the history book. Hydron Jenkins, Nick's, and, and Nick Scorton, are they the two best Bookend defensive lineman. Would you buy or sell them if you had a choice between them and uh, Anthony Spencer and Ray Edwards? Now I know those guys were both pros. That's kind of a silly, but but they might be. Are you buying or selling that they are the two best bookend D D line D in essence D ends? I know that they play other positions, but certainly guys pressure on quarterbacks. Are they the best two? And then you go back to Chike O'Keefer and Roosevelt Colvin in the 1998 uh, Alamo Bowl, about as good as it ever has gotten from Purdue's standpoint. Where do you, where do you, are you buying that they, let me say, do you buy that they belong in that conversation? Yeah, we're called, we just call them edge rushers since they're outside linebackers, edges. And um, I I think it's Huntington Bank Stadium now, Alan. That's right. Um, I know, TCF Bank. But I digress. I'm not the two But anyway, they certainly I'm certainly buying the notion they belong in that conversation without a doubt. I mean, um, Jenkins certainly doesn't fit the profile of, of an NFL edge rusher, barely six feet tall, 260 pounds, but I'm he, plays, he plays like he's six foot six, three hundred pounds. Uh just relentless, Alan, just relentless. Uh he's got another year of eligibility, too. I'm interested to see if um I'm interested to see if he comes back for a fifth year. Uh, you know there's going to be schools coming after him too, Alan, with, with their checkbook open. And then Nick Scorton, you know, that, that guy is, you know, coming right out of the box. We were told he was going to be special. Came Comes from the Texas A&M area, College Station, Bryan, Texas, you know. Uh, really blossomed late in his college career. Mark Hagan loved the guy. We saw little dribs and drabs of him as a true freshman last year. Just a true sophomore now he's really blossomed. What a what a tandem! They push each other out in competition. They have a real fun banner and, and competitive edge between each of them that drives both. And there's no doubt they they belong in the conversation. Now we've been blessed, haven't we? Um, so I guess this den of defensive ends thing really started in the Tiller era. And I, and again, you talked about 1998. I I I, I talk to Brock Spack every now and again. Well, we'll go down memory memory lane, you know. He talks about that Alamo Bowl against Kansas State oh, and Michael Roosevelt Colvin and O'Keefe. My God, those oh. and the, the praise he has for Roosevelt Colvin as a player. Talk to him about Roosevelt Colvin sometime, about the work ethic he had, the type of player he made himself into. You can see how his kids grew up in that environment, how they were probably pushed by their dad. But 
And Coleman was a guy sort of like Kyden Jenkins, right? He was an undersized end or edge rusher, ended up playing standing up as a linebacker in the NFL, but he kind of is doing what Kyden Jenkins is doing now. Physically kind of the same guy. Uh, I think Rosie's still taller, but man, uh, it's special guys. And there's no doubt Jenkins and Scorton belong in that. In any conversation about great Purdue defensive end tandems or edge rusher tandems. Yeah, you think about the numbers and how it compares to the Big Ten. I think it was you or Sam King, maybe it was Sam that said uh, at the press conference on Monday, you know, these guys, I know Purdue's two and seven. I, I get that. Uh, but these guys belong and some get or need to get some level of mention at the all Big Ten level. Maybe not, may not be first team. It's hard to make all Big Ten anymore. It so, is. If you, but if you're two and seven, especially, or two and ten, or whatever, four and eight. Yeah. Hard. Yeah, and there's no question at that, but they have been uh, certainly a, a positive side, as has Dylan Thieneman, uh from that yeah. standpoint. has really been fun to watch, and I think at that uh, that will be a a storyline that um, if they're going to – it was interesting that Ryan Walters said, of course, Ryan's going to say that, uh, though he really wasn't asked. He just kind of said, well, they're both going to be back next year. We, they both will be back when – he kind of talked about uh, it was kind of in passing about Scorton and, and Jenkins. And of course you're well, right in the NIL world, it's, it's you know, you got, you got Scorton who's, who's like, I know for a fact, he's got friends here and, and some families that he's befriended on, on a legal basis that uh, he is uh, very tied here and uh, that, that part's good, but boy, you know, you got a guy that's in the shadow of Texas A&M and whatever. I, again, we're not yeah. going to start trouble here. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Jenkins, too, the guy yeah. that you know, the, the world can change. And you, you hope uh, it'll it'll test Ryan Walter's medal to keep everybody that he wants yeah. and monster back. Certainly from that, you know, from that uh, will be an interesting thing. All right, let's look a lot at the broad stroke of the Big Ten. It will be a great, should be a great game, I should say. Uh, Penn State, Michigan. Mm. Uh, my first buy sell is: Will Jim? Are you buying that Jim Harbaugh will be the? You know, we may hear by the time this you guys, everybody watches or listens to this, <laughs> there may be a decision from the Big Ten. You buying or selling a Jim Harbaugh will not be suspended before this weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm selling. I think that's what I want. I'm selling that he. He will be coaching him. I, I okay, guess that's good. I worded that poorly. He maybe will I, maybe I'm, I'm buying. He's gonna he's, he's gonna be the coach, Alan. And he's no gonna be on the sidelines this weekend. Okay. Yeah, no matter what the Big Ten, they may hand out a suspension here. I don't know two games. Some people think it's got to be at least for the duration of the season. Really, you can't spend him for two of them to come back and coach Ohio State in the playoff. Uh, at the very least, it's got to be the three regular season games. I think. Maybe he comes back for the postseason. I don't know, but it's got to be at least due to the Ohio State game, I think. And most people are really going to roll their eyes. So, uh, yeah, and, and you know what? Even if, again, that if the Big Ten does hand down that type of punishment and suspension, you know, we've already seen stuff in the media how, the, how Michigan's going to react with some legal injunction yep. to put this down the road and allow Harbaugh to continue to work. So, um, yeah, I think and at this point um, the courts will get involved and, and any suspension that's handed down is not going to be able to stick. And Jim Harbaugh is going to be able to stroll the sidelines before Michigan, um, probably for the duration of this season. And then who knows? Most people are already speculating he'll be out the door. So it's, it's yeah. been a heck of a crazy sidebar story, Al. We, we, again, fact is stranger than fiction. Stuff we can't anticipate or make up. 
these stories come up every year and then just continue to fascinate America. And yet there's also been some brought up. Are you buying or selling that Purdue will have to hold a press conference to, at some point in time to answer some questions about allegations which have been brought up, which to me, mm-hmm. at least on the surface, I haven't looked at any, any reports, seem preposterous. I mean, in terms of sign stealing that Michigan or those around the program are claiming yeah. they, they might be, uh, are you buying or selling that's going to happen? Well, there's the, I don't I don't think so. I mean, you know, there, there, right now there's a, there's another storyline that's that's cropped up. There's been reporting done by by the Associated Press and SportsIllustrated.com concerning um, Big Ten schools conspiring to uh to 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 decode Michigan signals last year, Alan. Yes. And then they all nothing about this Michigan. year's staff, right? No, no, no nothing this year that, that involves the Ryan Walters staff. This is the Jeff Brom staff. No, every Big Ten staff. Yeah. The allegations seem to indicate this has been a was a far ranging plot, at least in the <laughs> eyes of Michigan people, for the rest of the Big Ten to gang up on little old Michigan, steal <laughs> their signs, and, and then uh, they allege that they were used against them in the Big Ten title game by Purdue. So again, these are all just just far reaching speculation and and and, and uh, allegations and. And uh, where where any of this stuff goes, I have no idea. Right now, it's just they're just media reports from an anonymous source. So there you go. Um, nothing for anybody to wring their hands about. And, and again, from everything I've read, I'm sure other people have read those stories too. There's nothing in those reports that indicate that the, the signs that were decoded were obtained illegally, which yeah. is the allegation against Michigan, which is what's illegal. So again, um, just yet another plot twist to what's already a fascinating story. Yeah, it, it is that, uh, and I think that uh, we'll have we'll have more of that down the road. Uh, I'm sure that story is not. I got coming. one for you, Alan. I got yes. a buy sell for you. Okay, Purdue's only had two guys run for 100 yards in, in a game this season: Devin Mockaby and Tyron Tracy. Each have done it one time. Buy or sell the notion Purdue's going to get a hundred yard rusher Saturday when this thing kicks off at 3:30 Eastern time over there on Ross Hill Stadium off Northwestern Avenue. I'm going to hedge and say they will not. <laughs> I would have you dropped that number to 75. I might have said, yeah. However, they will have a 100-yard rusher because somebody always runs for 100 yards against Indiana. How many Purdue running yeah. backs over the years have had yeah. Ray Wallace, some others that have had career days against the Hoosiers, even though yeah. So I, I, I think it'll be tough sledding, though. I think Purdue will run the football relatively effectively. Uh, but you know what? It's going to be another low over under game. One would think yeah. when doing Minnesota play because both offenses uh, have really, really struggled. And you know, Alan, you know, Alan, you know, last week, Alan, maybe Purdue's most effective runner was was Hudson Card. Yeah, yeah. I thought he yeah, he he had some. I got a twenty yard run. He had some nice runs, some design draws, and maybe that's something we'll see a little bit more of. Yeah, we we shall see. All right, we're going to put a wrap on this. Uh, uh we've hit all the topics that we can hit in one week that's not completely true but it's partially true and uh, we appreciate all of you watching and listening on this tuesday election day in mm-hmm. uh the, in around indiana and around everywhere uh, for mostly municipal elections but that's what's going on here mm-hmm. as well. so good day for it in central indiana 
uh, from uh, that standpoint. All right, want to visit acrepro.com or call 765-675-6502. Make sure you talk to Kyle Spray. We appreciate them. And uh, Tom, I appreciate all your expertise. Always good banter back and forth. We'll try this again a couple more times uh, before the end of this season. Uh, and uh, we'll have some fun with that. So have a great rest of the week, everybody, and lots of programming. You might also think about subscribing to goldenblack.com if you haven't already. Uh, Brian Newbert's doing a, pretty much daily videos, yeah. basketball's in full bloom. Uh, Chad Crockover shooting every picture he can shoot. Uh, we're, having, we're having some fun. What a great environment, by the way. You and I were both in Mackey last night. Fun yeah. environment. Uh, Somebody said, and I don't know if it was Brian, I'm not sure, Purdue played like it was angry, which might be a good thing. Uh, played hard, and uh, and I'm not saying Sanford is going to be the the, the Boston Celtics under, under Red Auerbach, but Purdue took care of business. So we'll find out when the our mutual friend, Greg Christopher, and the Fighting yes. Xavier Musketeers come to town next Monday. That will be a... Uh, a, uh, a first probably produce first real test of the regular season so anyway we'll look forward to that a lot on the site this week and thanks to all of you for uh watching consuming us is uh i never get it right what brian says but we always appreciate that too processing so, processing, processing your, our materials in the ways yes. the way that you process them we we appreciate that so have a great week everybody